Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Would you open your Bibles this morning to 2 Chronicles chapter 7? 2 Chronicles chapter 7. We're going to start a new series this morning that we just did, and it's called House of Prayer. My house shall be called a house of prayer. You remember where that comes out of it. It's not Second Chronicles, but it, remember, uh, Jesus actually used that scripture when he was rebuking some people, and he was quoting in the Old Testament, but they had made the church what we would call the church today, but they had made the church something else than uh, what God intended for the church to be. How many of you know that a lot of times God has an intent for something and, the, and man can take it and make, use it for something else and then we can blame it on God and say, I don't like that. Well, it wasn't God who intended for it. Man just jacks it up sometimes, right? Yeah. So don't blame it on God. We blame it on man. So I think going back to God's original plan is really what we're all after and Jesus said my house shall be called a house of prayer can you say the words house of prayer he said a house of prayer for all the nations I thought that was also neat uh, not a house of prayer just for our own needs but a house of prayer for others a house of prayer because God loves the whole world God for God so loved the whole world that he gave his only son And God wants our hearts to be turned outward, not just inward in and of ourselves. And so he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Now, he didn't just say that for a series. He didn't just say that for a time being. He said that that's just the intent of what I believe God's house is. So um, I actually prayed uh, when we were first going to plant a church. I prayed about calling this church a house of prayer. Um, and then I also prayed about calling it a house of worship. And the Lord said, call it Memphis Tabernacle. <laughs> so that's why it's called Memphis Tabernacle. But, uh, but nevertheless, we'll call this series House of Prayer. How about that? And, uh, but I'll tell you, this is a house of prayer, nevertheless. Amen? Amen? This is a house of prayer. We're a house of prayer. We're a people of prayer. We're a people who don't just pray. We're a people we're a people who don't just pray sometimes, and sometimes we'll do a prayer series, and that's kind of some of the things we do. No, we're a people of fervent uh, prayer, and that's, that is what we do, and that's what I want to teach on today. And, and, and I have some very specific direction this morning on this, um, on this particular verse. But let's look at Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. I'd like for you to look at your screens or look at your Bibles. And let's read this out loud and read it together. Let's fill this room with the voice of God's word today. Let's read it together. Ready? Read. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. It was... When I was 16 years old, it was October the 1st. I remember it very, very, very clearly. It was on a Thursday. Early in the morning, 
The reason why I remember it was on a Thursday was because on Wednesday night, I was in youth group. I was on fire for the Lord, loved God with all of my heart, 16 years old. And I, I made a commitment to God to pray. I was saying, God, I'll do anything for you. And God said, I want you to pray. I mean, when I was, I want you to pray. I said, I'm 16. <laughs> I'm 16. I don't know how to pray, you know. I want you to pray. I said, well, how do I pray? When do I pray? And here's what my, the sense in my heart was. Just pray. You know, it's kind of like, and I've used the analogy before, like jogging. I don't know how to jog. Well, what's the best way to learn how to jog? Just jog, right? You don't learn how to jog and jog just like getting in a book, right? I mean, you, sh- you should get out there and start exercising. The way to learn to pray is just to start praying. What is pray? Prayer, it's communication with God. It's, it's talking and hearing from God. It's a communication channel from God. I was 16 years old. It was October the 1st, uh, and, and, I was, uh, and I woke up. Uh, I set my alarm for 6 o'clock in the morning, and uh, it was on a Thursday because youth group was the night before, and my alarm went off. And what do 16-year-olds do when their alarm goes off at 6 a.m.? Boom, I smacked that thing so hard I almost knocked it off, right? And then 15 minutes later, it went back off. And then 15 minutes later, it went back off. I must have done it about seven times or so. But well, here's what I do know. After a little while, there was what's called the Whittier Narrows earthquake happened. It's a, it's a monumental earthquake that was, I mean, it's a historic earthquake in Southern California. And all of a sudden, what happened? We weren't too far from this earthquake, okay? It was uh, about an hour and a half later or so. All of a sudden, my house for 20, oh, about 20-some seconds, and this earthquake, I don't know if you've ever been in an earthquake before, but this earthquake, it was like taking this room and going, whoo, whoo, and all of a sudden, I'm laying in bed, and the house began to shake. I'm on the second floor, whoo, whoo, and I woke up, I said, God, I'm going to pray, God, I'm going to pray, and I jumped over off the side of my bed, and I kneeled down, I said, oh, God, here I am, oh, and it's still shaking, Oh, God, I'm going to pray, and it's still shaking. God, I consecrate God, and I'm thinking of sin that I did in my life. Oh, I repent of that. That too, that too. And right about that time, you know, it stopped shaking. You know, uh, one of my parents walked in the door and said, are you okay? And they said, are you all right? They see me on my knees. I was, I was actually on the floor by that time. I started on the side of my bed when it didn't stop shaking. I got to the floor. I got to the ground. Ah! And uh, they said, are you okay? They thought maybe I, uh, I was hurt. I said, ah. I said, ah, I'm repenting. <laughs> they said, what's going on? I said, ah, what, what's wrong? I promised God I'd pray, and God was telling me, to, you know, that I didn't wake up to pray this morning. And I always remember that. Now, now can I tell you, that wasn't God reminding me to pray. I don't believe it was. That was an earthquake that morning. <laughs> but I do sometimes when I wake up and there's an alarm or something and I realize I need to pray, I do sometimes think of that. Like, well, I better just go ahead and get up and <laughs> drink a cup of coffee. Let's make, it a, let's make it a whole lot easier with that. But I want to draw your attention to this story or to this saying, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, he says, then, if then, this is an if-then statement. See, sometimes with if-then statements, we're, at, we're wondering why God isn't answering prayer. God, I'm calling on to you. Do you see what's going on? And you know, this is sometimes the question that people will ask. If God is a righteous God, why does he let that happen? Have you ever heard the question? Have you ever asked the question? 
But I want you to notice what he says here. If you will, then he will. See, sometimes it's not God. Sometimes God puts it out and says, no, I want to help. I want to heal. I want to turn. But if you will, then I will. And sometimes we blame the I will on God or the I won't on God because we didn't do the I will. But notice, if you will, if my people will humble themselves and pray. I want you to notice also this. If my people who are called by my name, listen, will humble themselves. Can you say humble themselves? And pray. I know most all the time we jump right into this and say pray. But he didn't, he didn't, he didn't start out with prayer. He started out with humbling yourselves. Why? Because you won't pray if you don't humble yourself. You don't, pr- you don't pray if you don't think you need God. Somebody know what I mean? When's the best time, when's the easiest time to pray? When you're going through a crisis, right? When's the easiest time to pray? When all the stuff hits the fan, right? When's the easiest time to pray? When disaster breaks out and you don't know who else to turn to, right? I'm going to get up and pray. I'm just real close to God right now. Yeah, but are you close to God when everything's going well? See, because he says if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Before prayer comes humility. You'll never become a person of prayer without humility. Let me say it again. You'll never become a person of prayer. You'll pray, and there's people that God, Jesus talked about in prayer and even rebuked them before. It's not just about praying. But you'll never become a person of prayer without humility. Humility recognizes your constant need for God. Humility recognizes your need for God on good days and on bad days. Or the easiest time to pray, again, is when you're in trouble. The Lord asked me some time ago, about two years ago, when I was praying and just asking the Lord what he wanted me to do in life. And the Lord said, I I want you, and really prompted my heart and said, I want you to come and spend the first hour of every day in prayer. Can I tell you when it's the easiest to do it? When I'm in trouble. When I don't know what to do. When I'm going through crap, when I'm going through, sorry, when I'm going through stuff in my life. That's when it's easy to pray. Why? Because I need God. I'll tell you when it's hard to pray is when things are just, they're, they're clicking, they're moving. Things are going well. Because you know what I do? I wake up, come downstairs, grab a cup of coffee, and I kind of think, what do I pray about? Lord, I don't have anything to pray about. Things are, things are good today. But what did he say to do? He said, pray. Be a people of prayer. See, humility admits your need for God on your good days and on your bad days. Sometimes we, just because we recognize that we need God on certain days doesn't mean that we don't need God just as much on the days we don't recognize it. How many times have we been this close to disaster? This close to chaos, this close to, to death, this close to everything being turned upside down in our lives, and God's saying, I want you to pray that day. And we just say, I don't know, I think everything's going good. But what does he say? He said, if you'll humble yourself and pray, humility recognizes your constant need for God. The other day, I was praying to the Lord, and I didn't have anything to pray about, and uh, and I actually said to the Lord, Lord, do, do you still want me to pray? You know, I still had about a half hour 
I said, Lord, I've kind of prayed all the things I need to pray today. So about a half hour, do you need me to pray anything else? Because i got a lot of stuff to do. No, and I'm telling you, I just stopped and checked my heart. I didn't hear an audible voice, but I'm just trying to check my heart. And, and the Lord, in my heart, yes, keep praying. I said, well, what about keep praying? And I asked the Lord, Lord, why do I keep praying? The Lord said, because you need me. The Lord just reminded me, I want you to remember you need me. And I think sometimes we just have to remember, keep praying because you have to recognize that you're in constant need of God, constant need of the presence of God. The word humble, if my people who are called would humble themselves, the word humble is the Hebrew word kana, K-A-N-A. It really literally means to bend the knee, to humiliate, to bring low, or to subdue. It's used in places in the Bible like where it says the Philistines subdued an army or they brought them low or they took them out or they humbled them, caused them to raise the white flag or the Midian, Midian was subdued. It'll say those things. That's the word humble. But one of the earliest places in the Old Testament that this word kana was used was over in Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 3 and it says this. Therefore, understand today that the Lord your God is he who goes before you. Listen, as a consuming fire, God goes before you. He will destroy them, listen, and bring them down before you. So you shall drive them out and destroy them quickly as the Lord has said to you. What is he saying? He's saying the Lord is going to humble your enemies. See, the Lord asks us to humble ourselves, but the Lord said, if you'll humble yourself, I'll humble your enemies. Did you hear me? If you'll humble yourself, I'll humble your enemies. He says, I'll humble those people before you. It's not that God doesn't know how to humble us. How many of you know that God knows how to humble us? Has God ever humbled you before? Yeah. But he'd rather you humble yourself. I think... In fact, I think God gives you the opportunity to humble yourself. And then eventually, if you don't, he loves you so much. I said he loves you so much that he'll humble you. But he gives you the opportunity, first of all, to humble yourself. Anybody know what I mean? He gives you the opportunity. And, and here's how he does it. On the inside... Maybe you're in a conversation and something's going on in the conversation and just down on the inside you have that little check. You know what I mean? That little thing on the inside and you realize that it, it, it's, it's a nudge in there that says you, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't say that. You shouldn't approach that. You shouldn't strong arm that conversation that way. You shouldn't bite the way you did. You should be a little more gentle. You should shut up. Anybody know what I mean? And you just say, well, I'm not going to. I'm just not going to because that's not right. But yet on the inside, you know the Lord's nudging you. Has it ever happened to you? Yeah. And then eventually you ignore it, you ignore it, you ignore it, and something happens and you get humbled. And you go, oh. and when you really go back and check your heart, I've talked with people sometimes and I go back and they say, well, this and that and this and that. And I said, let me ask you, when this first started and this was first happening, down on the inside when this began to, uh, be, begin to take place, what was your heart telling you? Well, I kind of knew that I shouldn't. See, the Lord was trying to get you to humble yourself, 
But eventually, when you don't humble yourself, what happened? You get humbled. So, see, God has a way. He knows how to humble you, but he'd rather you humble yourself. Humble yourself or be humbled. Come on, just tell your neighbor right now. Humble yourself or be humbled. So, now, Psalm 95. Psalm 95. It says this. Psalm 95, verse 6 says, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the sheep or the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice. I want you to notice, it says, let us worship, let us bow down, let us kneel, and if you will hear. Let us worship, let us bow down, let us kneel, and if you will hear. You know, the Bible says that one day every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. God's going to humble every person one day. But he says right now, let us just go ahead and do it. How many would rather do it rather than get humbled? Right, right. See, if we do it ourselves, if, if we're talking about, I thought you, someone says, I thought you were talking about prayer. We are, but he says, if you would humble yourself and pray. Prayer, is, prayer doesn't work without humility. <laughs> I said prayer doesn't work without humility. It's about humbling ourselves, realizing who we're praying to. If we'd humble ourselves, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. Why? Because he's our God. We're the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. We're, we're just the sheep. <laughs> right? We're just the sheep. We're not telling the shepherd what to do. He already knows where to, what to do. He already knows where to go. And he says, so if you'll hear it, his voice. Let us worship, let us kneel, let us hear his voice. So often we think that we're waiting again on God, but he's waiting on us. He's waiting for us to position ourselves to receive from him. I know that many times I've been faced with a circumstance, I prayed about it, and it's taken so long. Is that just me or is that you too? Yeah, it's taken so long. And I went back and asked the Lord about it, and maybe not every time, but I know that there's been times where the Lord said, you know you were the delay in some of that. You blame it on me. But if you would have got yourself in a, put yourself in a position to receive earlier, I could have just caused that to happen. But sometimes, you know, you're, you're waiting on God. I think sometimes we're waiting on God, and God's waiting on us. If my people would do this, then I'll do that. Let me just ask you about this, and maybe you can't think of it right now, but I know that oftentimes in the middle of a message, the Lord will remind you, the Holy Spirit. See, I'm speaking the message to you, but the Holy Spirit's speaking a message. He's, he's kind of custom tailoring it to you individually. And maybe there's something that individually he's saying, yeah, 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 yeah. Remember that, and remember that, and remember that. You know what he's doing that for? For whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Despise not the chastening of the Lord. Despise not the correction of the Lord. If it helps, look at it this way, course correction. He's trying to get you down the road, trying to get you down the path. So when he's correcting you and helping you, it's not that he's trying to beat down on you. He's trying to get you forward. So what does it take? Humility. Sometimes it just takes this. Shut up. And just listen to the Lord. 
Just do what the Lord told you to do. You'll get a lot farther. How many would agree with me? You'll get a lot farther if you'll just listen to what the Lord saw you to do. Come let us worship, bow down, kneel. If you'll hear his voice, he's saying. Worship is prayer. Worship is prayer. That's why worship is one of the best places, one of the best things we can do to get ourselves in a position of alignment with the Lord. Why? Because it puts God as God and us as us. For he's our God. Let us worship and bow down. What does it do? It gets us under and it gets God up there. This week, I was in prayer and the Lord corrected me about something. And uh, I was embarrassed. I was trying I was trying to make something happen. Now, it was something godly. But as I was praying about it, and I'm like, God, why isn't this happening? And as I was praying about it, uh, ever so gently, I just knew on the inside, the Lord was like, because you're trying to get it to happen. And I told you, I wanted to make it happen. And can I tell you, I, tears came to my eyes. I, was, I felt so badly. I said, Lord, I'm so sorry for righteous causes. I wanted it to. And the Lord said, yeah, but see, if you cause it to happen, then I don't get the glory. Because it's, it's not just about you getting that thing or you making that happen. It's about me getting the glory in this whole thing. So you got to do it my way. You know what I did? I was by myself. It's early in the morning. I got down on my knees. I got down on the floor. I got as low as I could get. I spread out my hands to the Lord. I said, God, I'm so sorry. I repent. I'm not talking about some big secret sin. I'm not talking about some big immorality or any, I didn't steal anything. I didn't do anything. You know what I did? I didn't obey God in something. I tried to push it through and didn't do it the way the Lord wanted me to, and I had to repent of it. I said, God, I'm so sorry. I had to get underneath his instruction. Why? Because so often we can try to do the will of God and try to do it our way. We try to accomplish the plan of God in the flesh. We try to accomplish the mandate of God in the flesh, but you can't accomplish a God mandate with the strength of the flesh. You have to accomplish a God mandate with the strength of the Spirit. That's why in the book of Galatians chapter 3, he says, Oh, you fools, Galatians, why are you, who's bewitched you or who's tricked you? He said, why are you having begun in the Spirit or trying to now be made perfect in the flesh? What are you doing? God's trying to do a work through you and you're trying to make it happen. So for me, I just had to stop and repent of that. See, I had to bow down. I had to, I was serving something else. Maybe I was serving myself or my own strength and I just had to tell myself I'm serving God. This was, this was actually the devil's last temptation too, was bowing down. Do you remember Jesus had three temptations? It wasn't just some little act or little play. It was actually a temptation. Jesus had three temptations and here's what the last one was. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 8 it says the devil took Jesus to a high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory and he said to him all these things I'll give you. Listen, if you'll fall down and worship me. What is he trying to do? He's trying to get us, he's trying to show us stuff, things, power, riches, position, things that maybe we've dreamed of. 
and maybe the Lord's, maybe the Lord's shown you those things because he wants you to have them. Maybe they're not bad things, right? But he says, all these things, notice, I will give you if you will bow down. If you'll do what? Bow down. But he says, if you'll bow down and worship me, if you'll give me the right to get those things for you. Notice it's still humility in prayer, humility in prayer. All these things, if you'll fall down and worship me. And in verse 10, Jesus said, away with you, Satan. <laughs> Can you just say that out? Away with you, Satan. Yeah. He says, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Notice, you shall worship the Lord your God. But notice he called worship falling down, falling down, worshiping the Lord. And the devil left him. It was his last temptation here. The devil left him. And the angels came and ministered to him. Why? Because it was hard. Humility is a posture of the heart. I really believe that at the beginning of this house of prayer, that there's just a simple request of the Lord. And the Lord's just saying, people of God, would you just bow down? I want to tell you one more story. And the story is Jesus told this parable in Luke chapter 4 about these two men. They both walked into church to pray. Maybe it was prayer month. Maybe it was August. And uh, they both walked into church in Luke chapter 18. And it says, Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness. In other words, they like had good church attendance. They, they, uh, they tithed. They came to work days. They were faithful. They were on the dream team. Like they did everything right. But the problem was they scorned other people. Verse 10, it says, two men went into the temple to pray. Jesus telling the story. Notice they both prayed. Both, both people in the story, they both prayed. So it wasn't just prayer that made the difference. It was the posture of the heart. They both prayed. One was a Pharisee. The other was a tax collector, despised tax collector. And the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. He said, I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like the tax collector. You know, he was, com he was comparing. Have you ever, be honest with me. Have you ever compared yourself, especially when you're kind of getting it all right? You're finally like, okay, I'm getting it all right. I've been reading my Bible for five days now. I'm getting it all right. I'm doing things right. And then you walk in, you see someone, you're like, I don't know about them, though. I don't know about them. Notice, he says, I'm not like this dirty dude here next to me. He says, I fast twice a week. I give you a tenth of my income, tithe. He says, but the tax collector stood at a distance, dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, and he said, oh, God, listen, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. Can you say those words? Be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. See, that's where we all are without the Lord. I think that's what really puts me in my place. Because I realize that anything good in my life, if you just remove God, I'm messed up. If you took away God, I'm in trouble. If you took away God, I don't know how I'd live. He says, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, he didn't say he wasn't a sinner. He said, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. Those who, listen, those who exalt themselves will be humbled. He's talking about prayer. He's talking about prayer because these guys were praying. Those who 
Exalt themselves will be humbled. And prayer is not a place to exalt yourself. But those who humble themselves will be exalted. Both men prayed. Only one humbled themselves. Listen, one identified his value to God. One came to God and said, God, look at what I'm doing for you. Another identified God's value to him. When we pray, our heart should be not, God, look how much I've done for you, but God, look how much you've done to me. I don't deserve it in and of myself. It's not just about us praying just to pray. Prayer starts with humility, humbling ourselves, becoming a people of prayer. If my people, say it with me, if my people will humble themselves and pray. So there's these commitments that I want to ask you if you'd prayerfully make for August, month of August. And there's a personal commitment, and here's what they are. Um, the personal commitment is, I, is commit to pray daily. I want you to commit before the Lord to pray daily. Pray every day. Pray every day. If it's 10 minutes, pray 10 minutes a day. If it's 15 minutes, pray 15 minutes. If it's five minutes, every day make a commitment to pray every day. And there's three things primarily that I want you to pray for. Listen, three things. Right, right, if you have a pen, write this down. Number one, I want you to pray prayers of surrender to the Lord. Church, I, I want you to pray prayers of surrender to the Lord. You might think, I've already surrendered everything to the Lord. Because maybe you have up to this point, but there are things in your life that God will ask you to pray. Pray prayers of surrender. Number two, pray for unsaved loved ones and the lost. Pray for unsaved loved ones and the lost. Here's why you pray for that, because that's really God's prayer. If God had to pray a prayer, that's it. He said, man, as much as I love you guys, there's a lot of people out here who don't know me. Would you pray for them? Number one, pray prayers of surrender. Number two, pray for the lost, for your lost, even drunk Uncle Mike. We all have one. You know what I mean? The guy who you prayed for, and that guy has just turned your family upside down. You almost hate him by now. Forgive him and pray for him. Why? He needs Jesus. Drunk Uncle Mike needs Jesus. Pray for him. Number three, personally, I want you to pray big prayers. You know what that is? It's prayers you've given up on. Prayers that you stop praying because you've been disappointed. You weren't even sure that God could answer those prayers. But can I tell you, I believe, I believe with all of my heart, this month of August, we're going to see miracles happen. This month, listen, I'm saying this. This month of August, we are going to see supernatural miracles happen in this congregation. We're going to see impossibilities, breakthroughs happen in this place. But you have to pray big prayers. Things don't just happen. We have to pray them. So pray big prayers. Don't pray little cheesy prayers. Pray big prayers. Stretch out there. Pray big well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.